0: In part two of this two-part episode, I continue chatting with revered global parenting expert and family advocate, Joe Frost, about topics including family dynamics, co-parenting when divorced, and what we can all learn from this pandemic. Joe also shares insights from working with an allergic family on her show, Super Nanny, and how her grandson helps to keep her safe. If you haven't listened to part one yet, be sure to check that one out too so you don't miss any of this amazing discussion. Welcome to Exploring Food Allergy Families, a podcast with real talk, relatable conversations and practical tips focused on navigating the impacts that food allergies have on families, relationships and mental health. I'm Tamara Hubbard, licensed therapist and the host of Exploring Food Allergy Families. Please remember that while this podcast offers general advice, it should never replace medical or mental health care guidance from your own healthcare team. Right, I think you know that's basically what we've been talking about this whole show is that you know we can live a fully engaged life with food yeah. allergies as part as our part of our family, um, but we have to be okay with advocating, speaking up, and um, you know doing what keeps us safe. We don't need to avoid everything. There are times where we will need to avoid or say that's not safe, but we can still do all of these things like traveling and you know going places, but just doing it safely.
1: Absolutely. And you just made me think of something that I
0: think is incredibly important is that as parents we can
1: helicopter, right? We can, you know, snow snow plow a situation and say, I'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. And that's that's very common Mm -hmm. because we want to in the eye of anxiety, heightened fear and anxiety, and you know, our megular. Right, it's probably that part of our brain that's threatened the old part. Mm-hmm. You know, is so alert that the only way we will feel safe is to
0: is to control the situation, right? right? right. And to get feel- some predictability that helps us feel less anxious. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Right.
1: So it's important as parents that if we're aware of that and we know that we do that, we don't want to then disable our children from using their voice. Yes. and with the Addison family. You know that predominantly my engagement with Ava was to bring her to a place of not not crying and feeling so overwhelmed and embarrassed that she had a medical condition, but to say, I have a medical condition. And this is what it's called. And I want to ask you a few questions and to feel confident that she could do that and for it to be embraced. And so it meant... Yeah, but I have to work with the parents first to reduce that. Absolutely, them, think, that she could feel really good because there is a tendency for parents, and I understand it yeah. fully. Yeah, that you don't speak for them. Yeah, right. So if we can be out and about, and you know, keep teaching and creating scenarios where we can prep our kids to know that when we get to the restaurant, you know, you you pick up the menu and, you know, let's talk about what's on there, what we can. And, you know, why don't you tell the, you know, the the server what you want? Like I have a, I have a seven year old um, grandson who's very informed, even though in this household, when here, there is nothing here, obviously that creates a threat for me. Yeah. Uh, however, he will tell me that he never ate something before he oh. came because he knew. And oh. when we go to a restaurant, he'll say, oh, I want to tell you that my nanny Jojo. Oh. And he'll want to say that because it, it, it makes him clearly yeah. feel a part of, you know, us all together.
0: And keeping to you happy. safe. keeping And, and there's know? that empathy piece that you were talking about.
1: Well, yes. And he's very much. Oh, he sounds like a sweetheart. You know, but again, you see what I'm saying. It's that kind of we teach our children, and then in in turn, you know, we teach our children, and then our we are champions for our children taking care of themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As
1: they grow up,
0: we really do model things the healthy and unhealthy ways of dealing with things. We really are the role models for them. Yeah. We can't get around that. Yeah. No. So I want parents to feel yeah. very empowered by Absolutely. this conversation because yeah. when
1: you do the information and when you are keeping up with a dialogue and when you are in healthy communication with your child by validating how they feel, listening, not needing mm-hmm. to, to necessarily fix something, but just To hear how they feel and to respond with empathy. You give them a space always to talk to you with their insecurities and vulnerabilities. And that is what shapes those formative years. For when they then go into those teenage years, when we know that they're going to be a little bit reckless, they're going to make decisions, right? Right. They're going to be like, hey, mom, can you come and pick me up? Or hey, you know. um, Right.
0: Where we see that that uh, prefrontal cortex is not fully developed till 25. We really see that then. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And there's scientific evidence that shows that if we don't, if we don't reduce the tone of, mm-hmm. you know, that, that sort of worn-up amygdala size of our, you know, the old part of the brain where it's threatened yeah. and in fight or flight, yeah. you know, there is a direct correlation that it doesn't bring us to make correct decisions because they're hand in hand, that prefrontal, yeah. you know, and the amygdala. So it's important that when we can reduce that and bring that down to a tone where it feels less um, threatening and yeah. you're not literally running on your adrenal glands and you know, that fight or flight energy, the ang- the heightened anxiety, we can have more, um, I think, uh, sensible decisions that we make right. that are about long-term and are about the bigger picture. Right.
0: Well, and what you said was very important in there too, that it's about listening. And I think sometimes as parents, we want to talk more than we want to listen. We want to teach, more than we want to listen. Uh, I'm raising my hand here because I am a mother to a 12 and a 14 year old. So, um, but we have to listen and not assume that we know how they feel. Um, And what I'm also hearing is that it's important to get everybody involved, or at least, you know, your child actively involved in finding solutions and moving forward together. So.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Because again, all of you doing so Is, is again, looking at your family values. Yes. Oh, yes. What the mindset is for you as a family.
0: I I do a lot of my work is based on values and mindset and mindfulness and, um, you know, acknowledging our feelings and saying they can be there and we can still do things that are important to us. So you're, you speak my language. And and let's be, let's be real about that. Everybody Mm -hmm. should have family values. Uh, Yeah. Yep. It
1: doesn't matter what political party you belong to, nope. what religion you are, nope. what economic status you have. Family values are about what's important to you as a family yes. and, you know, how you, how you show the example of that, uh, your teachings. Um, and I think certainly going to a space of parenting into almost mentoring in those teenage
0: years. It is. It's more like a coaching. I say it's coaching, stand back and watch them actually go into action, but then step in when you need to guide, right? Mentoring and coaching. Yeah, I agree. But if you have those values set and you've been conversing and you can bring those values into managing your food allergies and, or any other medical condition in your family, how do we, you know, how do we be a, a compassionate, empathic person Because that's a value in our family and keeping each other safe, right? And how do we be brave? Because that's a value in our family while still staying safe. That's that power of and that I talk about doing this and that.
1: Yes. And how do we stay brave in in our vulnerability?
0: Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Because,
1: you know, that's what courage is, right? It's moving forward and finding solutions when we are sometimes fearful and anxious. Absolutely. You know, that's courage, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's reminding the family that, you know, and at the same time as we're reminding our children that we are reminding ourselves that too, yeah, yes. adults, right? <laughs> because we're not perfect. No. Nope. Right. We're looking for presence and not perfection. Absolutely. Right? It, is, it is about staying present and being grounded. Yeah. Sometimes centering yourself in those moments. And you know, you'll know as a mother with children of Anna. You know, of allergies and anaphylaxis, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, myself, mm-hmm. you know, as an adult, um, it's there,
0: mm-hmm. you know, it's
1: there for me with flying, most certainly, and I yeah. recognize it, and I'm like, okay, now what do you need to do, yeah. right, because you don't want this to spiral out of control, Right. And so that present
0: focus is key. It's it and I do wow. a lot of that work clinically with with moms in particular. Um, just because my practice really focuses on women. But um yeah, how do you how do you how do you stay present so that our future focus worries and our past experiences don't take us down those paths that cripple yeah. us from being able to do what we're doing in the moment? That's Correct. so key. Yeah. You know.
1: It reshifting because of, you know, getting out of that, it's that cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Yeah. We're busting, zap busting the, the negative thought process that we can ruminate on and, you oh, know, yeah. keep
0: bringing up over and over again. Right. And the human brain is really good at doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all are. That's how we're built, you know? So um, do you it's follow true. up with your families? I'm just wondering how the Anderson family is doing.
1: Yeah, they are do well love them. Yeah, I do. I do, and they keep in touch with me. Oh, good. So it's been a while now, right? So, yeah. Um, you know, all families have aftercare. Good. So that's important for me. Um, so you know, once I've been and spent time with them, I like to keep in touch with them. Um, I like them to know that I'm there. So the aftercare is really important. Oh, good. Um, and then they drop. You know, they. I've had families from ten years ago or more. They'll drop. You know, they drop an email.
0: Oh. You know,
1: now they're getting on, and hey, I thought you might want to see this picture. Now because of social media, yeah, you know, some of those parents they've got their own, you know, they've got their own IG yeah right.
0: so you can follow along with their family adventures
1: yeah, yeah. You can see, like you can see all the families and you know what they're doing and again they'll you know drop you a note and stuff which is really sweet of them oh, I, I don't that. expect them to keep in touch because why why would they why should they yeah I- but
0: you you obviously left a really you know wonderful impression and we're a part of their change in their world and so they you know i i often wonder my clients that i don't see anymore after a while i'm like i wonder how they're doing and you know so it's great yeah. that they circle back with you
1: yeah it is so you know they'll, they'll drop a note here and there I mean one particular family for years now you know that the, the kids are they're men they're grown men and I remember this particular family basically served me divorce papers when I walked in like if we don't get this if this if this doesn't work Nothing's
0: going to work. Like no oh, pressure. Yeah. Right? right. Oh my gosh. I'm like,
1: well, this is going to be <laughs> really about you both, right? You, know, and what you do, um, yeah. And so you know, they they push through the tough times, and um, you know, again, now those pictures are of those boys as grown men. So you know, it, they'll it be calling you endearing. when they
0: have their kids, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, unless they learn from the parents too, but it's like you know, it's endearing. You know, it's sweet. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. That the family, families do do that. You know. Where
0: can people find you nowadays online or if they want to contact you for for consultations or services? I mean, where where can people find you? Uh, Predominantly, predominantly
1: I have obviously I have, you know, Twitter, Joe Frost, the Instagram, Joe Frost, you know, the Facebook, Joe Frost. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you do want private consultation, Mm -hmm. um, you can go to JoeFrost.com. Okay, Um, if you click on there, there's um, a link that says, you know, help me. Right. And you can go straight to private consultation. I just want to bring up, because I think it might yeah. be interesting for us to discuss this. Yeah. That there are, as we are fully aware, a lot of families that are not together, they're co-parenting.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. You know what? That was something we were going to talk about. I'm glad you circled back because yes. that is a huge, huge thing that families yeah. are dealing I, with.
1: Yeah. And I think I just, again, when you're co-parenting and helping families. Yeah. Right. We'll talk about the anaphylaxis in a minute, but when you are talk, when you are helping families that are co-parenting, it is about recognizing their commitment to their children.
0: Absolutely, right? it is
1: about them recognizing what is the core values that they had for their children. Yeah, even if they are not committed to one another as adults, right? Which means because-
0: they have to put their their own stuff aside for each other to correct. focus on that, right? Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Which
1: means that there is no room for the ego that will go to a place of defensiveness, mm-hmm. um, the ego that will go to a place of, well, mummy did this, that was silly, or daddy should have known better. And that, mm-hmm. you know, that can become um, a hostile ground. And we want to create the predictability because that's the stability. Yeah. And where there's their stability, there's the safety. So I would say that the key elements of co-parenting with kids that have um, allergies and anaphylaxis is the same across the board. Yes. Yeah. You know, your shared commitment, right, to protect yeah. your kids and keep them safe. It's about us as parents versus the allergy and the anaphy- anaphylaxis, not you and me and how we yes. deal with it differently. Yeah. Do you know what I'm
0: saying? That's a and, great way to look at it. Yeah.
1: And I think certainly working on your communication um, as parents, I feel. Keeps
0: the resentment at bay. Yeah, right? keeps the resentment at bay, and no undermining, no undermining. Which you know, as a trained marriage and family therapist, I, you know, a lot of times in the divorce situations, they bring all of that 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 brought them to the divorce to begin with in there. Yes. And what I'll typically say is, look, because I'll have uh, moms who will say or dads who will say, "Hey, my ex partner, ex spouse." isn't taking the food allergy seriously. And so I typically say, okay, well, we need to add in a, a different voice here because there's too much personal stuff to get you guys to see eye to eye. It's all that personal stuff's getting in the way to your point of, you know, focusing on what's most important. So I'll say, you know, have your ex spouse or ex partner, contact the allergist, have them come to these appointments, hear it from somebody else that this is something we have to take seriously. And here's how we do that. Yeah. It's You hard. bring in that
1: third person tomorrow, which is incredibly important. I yeah. think, you know, to be able to do that because again, especially when, especially when um, a divorce is fresh yeah. and adults have their emotions that they're processing yeah. and when trust has been broken, right. Between yeah. the adults. Yeah. You still want the trust between the child and the adult. Yeah. Right. That's such a key point. Yeah. So how that's navigated is what can elevate that trust with the child and the parent and then looking at how you communicate with one another and deal with the situation. Right. that make them feel more reassured. So we want our kids to trust us, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we have to exhibit that in the way that we respectfully communicate with our ex, right? Right, right. In being able to co-parent so that the common goal is keeping the kids on every level safe, protected, heard and seen and loved, right? And a good relationship with both. So I do think it's really important, um, you know, and again, (laughs) go and see you in respect of if those parents do have those questions that they are seeing a professional like yourself. You can that um, well-informed information. And also, sometimes it's about tone. It's part of communication, but it's just tone. Well, you need to do more of this. And, you know, if you didn't do that and you're like, no, that's just
0: going to create defensive behavior. So again,
1: it's an border on the, it's us yeah. versus the allergy. I love right? that
0: mentality. Us versus the, the allergy. Wow. Yeah. And that goes for, I mean, whether it's a divorce situation or like you said, just co-parents in the family unit or the whole family itself. Like to be honest. Know, yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. That is oh, so, awesome. I'm so glad you remember to bring that up because I, we had talked about that beforehand and I completely forgot. So I'm uh, glad that because there are a lot of instances where I'll have yeah. you know families reach out and say, this is the situation we're divorced and, you know, yeah. how do I help us do the right thing? So those are really key uh, reminders.
1: Yeah. And we have to be real with that because you and yeah. I know that statistic is incredibly high.
0: It's right? really high.
1: And that goes, I would also say, to not those that are living separate lives, co-parenting, but for the blended families, too. Yes. Yeah, that's a good
0: point. That's a yeah. really good point. Right. Blended families. Families of all right. different makeups. Um,
1: absolutely.
0: That's because a good point.
1: Have to navigate their conversations, you know, with their stepchildren.
0: Right. Right. And
1: that support again. So now you're doing that, but in front of the children in a blended family, too.
0: Right. And then all those dynamics that come in, you know, about, you know, if you're, you know, not close with the step parent. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, this is why I went into family marriage and family therapy, because to me, it's like puzzle work. I'm like, okay, how do we move the pieces around? And you probably see it very similarly to get it functioning better, you know? Absolutely.
1: Um, Our job is to see the whole picture.
0: Yeah, right. right.
1: And we know the puzzle pieces and, you know, there's intricacy in the pace of that. Um, and it being uh, client family led too right
0: absolutely you know,
1: um with the with the reality of we can guide we can give the information but we can't make the horse drink the water as they say right, <laughs> right. But, we hope, but we hope that what we do part <laughs> with is hopeful and encouraging that it motivates those um to do very well and yeah. to uh and i think also to dig deep enough, that they realize because that never gets old for me, and I'm sure it doesn't for you. Yeah. The moment when you realize the penny dropped and mm-hmm. they understand and they're empowered by the information and something you've given them, a technique, a tip, a hack, right? That you know is solid. Mm-hmm. They implemented it was tangible and it made a huge difference to the whole entire family's life. And you're like, there it is, you know, and that never get that never gets old. No. As I was, was going to say, said, that's what keeps me do what doing you, what I do. <laughs>
0: right?
1: you know, it's that you moment where you,
0: you end with the client and you go, this is why I do what I do. And you have a tear a moment of a tear yourself. Making- yeah. Because, you know, when I walk into a family, you know, when I walk into
1: a family's life to help them, Yeah, I'm there a hundred percent. I am so present. I'm telling you, the world could be crumbling around me outside and I'm there right Love there that. with that family yeah. And, you know, as soon as I walk in within 30 minutes, I see the end result.
0: Mm, and
1: mm. what you watch is me working in res- in reverse. Okay. The audience watch me working in reverse. Right. I mean, there's hours, you know, there's hours. I spending. can't even
0: imagine how much doesn't end up in the show. No,
1: there's hours and hours. spent. How long that- are
0: you typically with a family, by the way?
1: Over the years, it's been from like two weeks, ten days. Like I can oh, wow. be family solid, okay. And this is hours, but we've got to, you know edit that into a forty-six <laughs> minute, forty-eight minute show.
0: I don't know how they do that. That's incredible work to get it like, into that. You're, you're looking. You're like,
1: oh, can we put that in? Right. And and, and I remember this. We need to put that in. <laughs> and you're 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 trying to squeeze all this information into this you know, vacuum of time. Mm. And of course you can't, you can't get everything, you know, no. but you try and you try your best to get as much that you have, you hope will be very informational and yeah. motivational for those families and relatable. Right. So they right. can actually say, well, do you know what, actually that's exactly like us. I feel like that mum there as well. And I'm really glad I saw that dad you know, be in this space. I mean, the Anderson family were a beautiful family to yeah. show and highlight families living with um anaphylaxis because there was so much progress with each individual family member. Yes.
0: Yeah. Including
1: children. But there was that. also the, there was also the reactive behavior from, you know, the reactional behavior from dad and mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. his journey had come to a place of saying, actually, you know, I got you wrong. I realise that you're, you're here because, you know, you care and, you know, that's, that's why we do the work that we do because, you know, we have the knowledge and we want to empower, um, so many other families, you know, to live, to live, you know, a fruitful life, you know, yeah. and to enjoy it.
0: And so, we really are lucky to be able to do what we do. That is for sure. Exactly. You know, it's not always yeah. it easy, but it really is amazing. So
1: yeah. and I that's do you know. Oh because you do an
0: amazing job thank you well i really appreciate your support you know and and i'm a big fan of yours as well so um i always end my my uh episodes when i have guests on with this question um and well this season's question is one way people can build confidence while living with a food allergy is by doing what what would you say
1: practice i I think when you it's a kind of a little bit of a threefold for me once you're informed and more educated, it's to put that into practice.
0: So not when just learning, put, but doing.
1: <clears throat> but doing, it's the yeah. action of, because the practice of doing and um, being a repetitive with that mm-hmm. and consistent with that is what brings, I believe, confidence, right? So uh, we feel yeah. more confident when we are able to place that information that tangible information into practice
0: 1000 percent, yeah you
1: know we for ourselves right so I think that certainly from you know somebody who homes in on that word confidence you know confident baby care confident talking care, confident <laughs> you know it's about it's about families being more confident because when you are I think there is a peace I think there is more peace within oneself
0: mm-hmm. when you have
1: when you have more confidence and that comes from, that comes from practice. That it, comes from
0: practicing, which is not avoiding everything. That goes back to that. Don't avoid everything. Practice to gain confidence and comfort yeah. and belief in yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Make it
1: habitual. And sometimes you don't. Yeah. Sometimes you don't believe in yourself and somebody else yeah. does. Yeah. I think sometimes that can be a process as well. Like, yeah. We, like we just spoke about how important language is, but in, mm-hmm. but we also live in a world where language can be used very flippantly mm-hmm. and it can overtire. Like somebody will say, oh, I hear the word be consistent all the time. And <laughs> I break it down and say, consistency, let's break down truly what that means for you. Yeah, That would mean the decisions that you make so that you can wake up at this time and achieve what you want to do in the morning. So, you know, there's, there's, a serious sensibility with the language that you use. And we have to be very mindful of that in the work that we do. To You're empower so right. Families.
0: You're so right. And it is, it is, it's about taking these principles and applying it personally to the people we're working with. Absolutely. Right. Cause otherwise absolutely. if it doesn't apply to them, they don't care. I yeah, wouldn't either.
1: Absolutely. And if it doesn't make sense, right. If we cannot break it down, into a language that makes sense to them. Yeah. Then we've lost them.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's so important and we are very mindful of that. And I would ask everybody to be mindful of that in a, yeah. in a world where, you know, language can cause war. That's um, a good
0: point. Really it, language matters. It, I mean, really it does it, in all sense of the word uh the world I mean yeah absolutely and, and we're speaking the same language today. Yes we are. We, we same language we agree on the chocolate we agree we agree on the tea the family stuff you know um but I so
1: <laughs> the me my seminar, right? I would
0: love that. You know, I would be game for that. We'd have a, we'd yeah. have a great time talking about uh, everything English and drinking our tea. And uh, of course, bringing a couple bars of Cadbury, you know, cause I, I do love a Cadbury. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're making me miss England. Um, so if everybody, you know, wants to find you, it's Joe Frost everywhere on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then joefrost.com for yeah. consultations, private yes, right. sessions, and just kind of yeah. keeping up with what you're what you're doing. Exactly. Keeping up with what I'm doing with respects to books that will follow and
1: new TV Ooh. shows. And, you know, okay. now the world will begin to open up in a safe yeah. place um, in 2022. You know, those live seminars that will start to happen. And going yes. back to a new normalcy. And yeah. new. Yeah. Because I believe we need to go back to how things were. Because uh, you and I both know from our practices um, that things needed to change. And I believe that the pandemic, as horrific as it has been Mm -hmm. worldwide, Mm -hmm. um, and the loss, you know, the the loss um, attached, you know, um, to this horrific uh, pandemic, that the silver lining of this all is to recognize that this was a space to really prioritize what is important to our family. How yes. are we going to move forward with more peace, uh, with more love, with more laughter, with more priority, and making those decisions? And allergies and anaphylaxis is a part of that. Part.
0: If the listeners could see me, I am nodding my head emphatically because I one thousand degree, one thousand percent agree with you, both personally and as a practitioner. You just said it all right there. Absolutely. So, thank you so much for coming on. I- <laughs> I am so excited. I'm like fangirling y'all. I just like, Oh, thank you so so. much.
1: I appreciate it. I love your work too. I follow you. And,
0: you know, I hope, you know, all your listeners
1: are doing that and, and that they can actually pass on your information too, you know, because that's, you know, that's what we all hope, right. That we're able to get, you know, bits of information. And when we listen, we can help others by giving them the resources, right. Resources are so important. So important. Unity,
0: so resource. important. And so, for listeners who maybe need additional support, if you're looking for allergy informed, uh, licensed psychologists or therapists, www.foodallergycounselor.com for a directory, as well as other helpful social and emotional allergy related resources. So, thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Exploring Food Allergy Families. Be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss future ones. And if you're looking for an allergy-informed behavioral health care provider or for additional resources on any of the topics discussed in these podcasts, visit the Food Allergy Counselor directory and website at www.foodallergycounselor.com.